0: Well, it's tulip time in the Skagit Valley, and also it's been legislative season as the legislative session has been underway, wrapping up soon in Olympia. How am I bringing these two together? You're going to ask Dylan, what what are you tulips in Skagit? And the legislative session in Olympia. Um, no, this conversation is not going to be about the latest political controversy or problematic bill in Olympia du jour, as we often tackle those those challenging conversations here on The Farming Show. Welcome back, by the way. I am Dylan Honkoop, uh, your host here on The Farming Show with Whatcom Family Farmers and Save Family Farming. Um, but as a matter of fact there is a different reason to talk about both tulips and legislators together at the same, and, and policy and regulation and the climate for farming and business in our state and what's the future and doing what we do a lot here on the program, which is conversations. There's a, an event coming up to bring folks together to actually you know, see how much we have in common and to hear from each other about concerns Farmers, neighbors, policymakers, friends, all coming together in, uh, well, let's see, what do we have? A couple of weeks, two weeks from now. um, The event is called Farm Bloom Colors and Conversations. It's being put on by Skagit Farm Bureau and it's happening down at Tulip Valley Farms. Uh, near Mount Vernon joining me right now is the head honcho there at Tulip Valley Farms. Andrew Miller, welcome to the program this morning. Andrew, talk about this event. This is a kind of a, a first of its kind. And how did you guys come to this place of bringing tulips and Olympia
1: and well, politics I, all together in the same spot? Yeah, well, for sure. Well, first starters, thanks for having me on. I, You know, talking about tulips and solving problems are two of my favorite things. And so to be able to do that at once, it's, it's chocolate and peanut butter this morning. So great. <laughs> That's what I'm having for breakfast. You know, a lot of people might not know this, but tulips are actually the peace flower. So it is absolutely fitting that uh, we we decide, you know, that that we move forward and say, hey, you know, and and tulips is about spring and about fresh starts and about, uh, you know, it, it's. It makes sense for us here in Skagit to uh, to to take what we're known for. You know, we're iconic for for, for tulips, even though you know it's it, it's not not even in the top I don't know 50th percentile for it's what we're known for. But yep. uh, not everybody's yep. doing it, of course. But to be able to take that and to say, hey, we it's every spring, people think you know sometimes, especially for our urban neighbors, is the only time they think about agriculture. It's the only time right. they think about farms is when they pour out of Vancouver and Seattle and they come out to the tulip fields and. And for some people, it's the first time and many, you know, we hope not the last time to, to, to get onto a farm. And and as you and your listeners well know, there are lots, lots of, uh, of monologue instead of dialogue around some very important aspects of, of uh, our quality of life here in, in, in rural Western Washington, especially as it pertains to, to farming. And, we have found uh, that getting together on the farm and looking out over this, uh, you know, I have a 300 degree view of, of what is the very best of at least gadgets, uh vistas, uh, it can change people. Uh, just being on the farm, talking about things that are important, why they're important. Uh, and, you know, a lot of growers, you know, it's the timing. Depending on the weather it can be great or it can be like, you know, I just can't not gonna make it uh, But I also hear a lot of people a lot of uh, especially spouses that are, are are tugging on 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 hubbies and whatnot to, to get down and to see the flowers and we're We're excited to, to, to put up a flag and see who wants to come to get together uh, And 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 talk about things that are important uh, in a beautiful setting That's why it's color and I almost added courage because the hardest conversations sometimes take a little bit of courage but uh, This is the, the these are it's it's about color Conversations and uh, moving forward, and, and and more than anything. It's one thing to talk about riparian barriers, but it's another to walk a legislator out into mm. the field and say, here's my canal. <laughs> and yep. if you if this passed this many tulips and in my field, hazelnut trees would not have been, you know, you're taking that out of harvest and actually yep. look at it and, yep. and see it and say, hmm, that's different. Didn't see it that way. Yeah. So
0: it, it's not just it's not just a number on a piece of paper on somebody's right. desk in Olympia. It's somebody's livelihood and it's yep. food and flowers and. And fiber that people yep. are growing um, for those of us around the region and in some cases around the world to consume and enjoy and keep us alive, honestly, if right. at least when we're talking about food. Right. Um, that that is what is at stake here, and and I recognize you know the flip side of this, and again, what what you're inevitably going to be talking about if you're talking about this issue, and a lot of other things in Skagit and across Western Washington, and across Washington State for that matter, is going to have to do with the environment, um, right. Labor, of course, as well, but you know, with the environment, the big question is going to be about water and salmon. Um, in particular here, um, yeah, that's an important element. And certainly, you know, the farming community is really wrapping its arms around this idea of, yeah, that's about food and families too, Of uh, salmon. We need to recover those. Uh, we right. value those as part of our ecosystem here, as well as our, uh, culture, and our society here locally, and even more so the the culture of the the um, tribes that that have you know been involved you know, as part of their lifestyle for millennia. Right. But also this food that we grow to put in our grocery stores and our farmers markets. And to, you know, ultimately that ends up on the plate on our table, that's important too. How do we bring this all together? And let's take that all into account when we're talking about solutions rather than have a solution that just silos one issue and another and keeps everything apart. I, I think that's that's what I like to see about what you're doing. Again, we're talking with Andrew Miller uh, with Tulip Valley Farms down in, in Skagit Valley uh, about this event that they're putting on Farm Bloom Color and Conversations. They're at Tulip Valley Farms on Bradshaw Road. It's on April 29th from 5 to 8 p.m. So um, yeah, in a couple of weeks. Um, there at Tulip Valley Farms. So this is what open to the public. How, how does how's it going to go? What's the event going to yeah, be like? It
1: is, you know, it is open to the public. And what what we're doing from from five to eight is it's a, it's a twenty dollar entry fee for that for that time. Uh, and with that entry fee, uh, everyone that gets in gets a uh, to to become and the option is to become an associate member of the of the Farm Bureau, and that's the fee for that. And so all of those funds will actually go to to the farm Farm Bureau. Uh, and it, but it's open to the public. Anybody who has an interest in the conversation or, or in supporting Farm Bureau, uh, will will that's, that's kind of the, the twofer on that. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll get in and, you know, it's, it's a beautiful place to walk around and talk about things that are interesting. You know, you, you get, you get farmers together and, and policymakers together and community members together. And, and sometimes it's people just, they gush over to talking to a real live farmer. Right. And yeah. so will uh uh will 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 inspire that and we, the other thing that we have um, that night which is also you know get get entry one thing that we're doing different we're we're trying to innovate in place here uh, is they also get access to uh, night bloom, which is I've got these huge movie projectors that put uh, project uh, images out onto the field, and that goes until ten o'clock. We've got music, we've got you know fire pits, and and so we really hope that people can come and make a night of it. And this is this is uh, and again for so many people, uh, I, I I was at Amazon and Expedia before I came to my senses and moved home and, and started uh, <laughs> doing work here. But yeah. I, I was always surprised at how many of, of my friends that I worked with in Seattle, you know, grew up on farms in the Midwest uh, and hadn't been on a farm in thirty years, you know, twenty or thirty years, right? And they'd be able to come up and 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 so that's one of the things that we're really leaning to from a, you know, we're we're creating value in a different way, and it's also an example for for us here at Two Valley Farms to to show. Kind of the authentic side, which it, 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 you're like, what are you talking about? Movie theaters? How is that a you know projection? <laughs> you know, what is bond? What do bonfires have to do with agriculture? But it is, it's a huge part of melding this idea of natural space, right? The open space. It is if we, without that, if we can't figure out the agronomics of our uh, of our farmland. Um, then, then you know the laws of economics and and gravity are not to be trifled with. And so we're we're hoping to show off some of the things that we're doing different here, so we, it can be a little less scary. Because again, it looks goofy sometimes. I mean, I get a lot of pushbacks, you know, with wedding venues and all of the other conversations about how how um, farmers can create additional value on their farms. And, and right. we're really hoping to 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 further that conversation with you know some of the commodity folks that just you know all they know is that it's it's it might be dumber different to them. But right. for, for folks like us, it, it can actually make the difference. Uh, especially when you get hit with, uh, you know, all of the variables in the world, like, uh, an unseasonably cold spring so far. <laughs> uh, so how do you, how do you, when you've got a crop like, like tulips that, uh, it's on its, they're, they are programmed and mother nature is the programmer like every other crop. Yeah. Uh, the difference is that, uh, I depend on, you know, the, the 300,000 plus people that are going to come out to see them that, uh showed up the first week in April saying my calendar says there should be color and there isn't. So we get to have conversations about that too. So about the lack of color.
0: Yeah. Well, give us an update Uh, since we, you know, this is what we often do here on the program. We talk about issues. We talk about events, but we also talk just about how are things going on the farm, uh, particularly in Wacom and Skagit counties. And like you said earlier, Uh, A lot of people are familiar with tulips and Skagit. The Skagit Valley, those things are kind of synonymous to them. What is going on with the tulips since this is tulip season? How are you guys doing? I know up here in Wycombe County... You know, people are trying to get raspberries and blueberries planted, and I think they're doing okay, but it has been kind of damp. And in particular, it's been cold. Grass has been growing slowly. Soil temps have been low. It's going to be, you know, a question, when are we going to be able to do some more serious dirt work and get things planted? What does this whole situation mean for tulips, though?
1: Yeah, well, I, I, would so the good news, we'll start with the good news, right? Yeah. The good news is it's been spectacular tulip-growing weather. Uh, we have very, very healthy tulips because as a mountain flower, they don't mind the cold. Uh, and so the, 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 I've got really, really healthy, strong, and we had, we've had some pretty strong winds that helps with the botrytis and, uh, or, you know, to, to, to keep down some of the disease pressures. Yeah. So that's, that's the good news. Now, good tulip growing weather is not the same as good tulip viewing weather. <laughs> and so the, uh, the trifecta of a great day for us on the farm is good, you know, good weather, and good weather is overnight lows in the upper 30s, low 40s, daytime highs in the low 50s. That is like primo, perfect tulips. You know, if I get a couple of days in the 60s, we get a little bit more more bloom. But we are we are a full two to three weeks uh, more delayed. Than is typical um i'm I'm good friends with the iversons down in woodburn that do the um the uh the the wooden shoe festival they said Uh in 40 years they've never seen a a spring this this cold and 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 wet and so they're you know everybody's behind there but yeah so we're about two to three weeks at which in and on the flip side uh it just you know the new opportunity in that is is that we'll probably have color through mother's day which has never happened before uh, well, he's you know, it, it not in, in recent history So having yeah. color and then having you know, people be able to get out and see it You know that that's a whole lot that that's a whole different but we are at least you know We're at 30% color. I plant a lot of early tulips uh, for this very reason And I've got friends that grow tulips in Rhode Island and uh, he's got more color than I do because he wow. tarped his fields. So <laughs> guess he's gonna be tarping his field his earliest Man, next year yeah. this guy, right? So yeah. Fooled me once, but uh, (laughs) yeah.
0: This is the Farming Show here on KGMI. I'm Dylan Honkoop uh, with Whatcom Family Farmers and Save Family Farming. We've got Andrew Miller on the phone with us right now down in Skagit Valley in the middle of the tulips there at Tulip Valley Farms, saying things are a little bit behind schedule, but that's not always a bad thing. Like you said, you know, it may not be as early, but then, you know, it may, may hit other important dates like flowers and mothers day just tend to go together of course people think when they think of the tulips they think of the flowers but really that's not your end goal right what explain in just in a nutshell how does tulip farming actually work and what are you guys actually doing there with that
1: well so and that is a really i that that is a great question and uh and so tulip farming for me is going to be way different than tulip farming for washington bulb uh, or you know and uh, as maybe some of the other growers now we are Skagit County is still the number one bulb producing county in in the United States, but that's really a rounding error in the global market, right? It's, mm. it's, it's hard. It's tough. You're never going to out-Dutch the Dutch, yeah. right? <laughs> so they they have yeah. got this dialed in. And so 90, you know, on my projections, about 90% of my revenue is actually people paying to come out and to see my field. And uh, knowing that this year we went with a dif- differentiated option and I, I, we're in our first year here at Tula Valley Farms. Uh, and so I, I took on a 30 acre hazelnut orchard that was on 20 foot spacing with great turf. Uh, and I, I planted tulips the absolute hardest way possible. And that was breaking turf last October after coming out of a drought. Yeah. And so I planted between hazelnut trees, you know, a little agroforestry, uh, and it's something completely different. But what we found is people really like getting out into the field. And so my, my revenue and my, my model is really oriented around getting people out and enjoying flowers. Flowers are personal. Um, we do, of course we sell bouquets, uh, and we also sell bulbs, but i don't I don't actually sell the bulbs that I grow because I don't know how my crop is gonna be until I, I get it out of the ground. And so if I right. end up you know being able to supplement some of the the bulbs that we sell, otherwise i'm I'm gonna bring in nice, fresh, healthy, disease-free bulbs from our friends in 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 the netherlands or i also have a source in prince edward island that i use and so we're we're really leaning into the the experience aspect but what's great about tulips is you do you get that triple threat uh, opportunity of selling both the flower the bulb and then the experience
0: well i think there's been a progression here because you know the the way of the modern world um. was oh, you know we're moving towards commodity farming and everything's a system and you know in the last particularly the last 30-40 years uh, our culture has recognized hey you know this isn't just a big machine you know this is about food right. we put it in our bodies there's this whole human element to it I mean what so my entire podcast, real food, real people, is about is is bringing people back to the humanity that goes into our food and our farming, um, and so there's been this trend, and at first it was, hey, um, like like you mentioned, value added, how we grow something maybe as a commodity, but how can we, you know, get some more value out of it and maybe sell some of it direct, or maybe we have people out to the farm. Um, and I think, you know, at first it was like, hey, here's just a way to, you know, capitalize on what we already have of it. But I think that's maturing more now, particularly as our society wraps its head around, hey, I, you know, there's more to this picture here. And I want to not only get the food and the flowers and, I want to see where it comes from. I want it to be an experience. I want it to be part of my, you know, I want to share that with my kids. There, there's there's a bigger picture that, that's going into it. So I think, you know, people may scoff, well, oh, you know, that's just, you know, tourism. And that's what it's called, right? Agritourism. Right. But I don't think that's something to be scoffed at at all. You, uh, again, you thinking be- about the old old farmer way of thinking, you know, our dads and grand- more grandpas' kind of generation would probably scoff at it. But this is where our our culture is going, and it is absolutely a great thing for both the urban and the rural agricultural worlds, and it brings them together. Hence, this event.
1: Right, right. You know, and you hit the nail on the head. Our grandfathers, you know, half of them were on. You know, statistically, you know, they they either came from the farmer and knew somebody that did. And in the last 50 years, and especially in the last 20 years, the nature of our relationship as a society with farms have changed so much. And because the relationship has changed... We need to figure out both new business models and yep. new ways of communicating with people about uh, agriculture. And and getting out on the farm is bar none the best way. I mean, there's it's like the to travel is the number one you know antidote to prejudice. Well, I'm here to mm-hmm. tell you, getting yep. on the farm is the number one yep. best way to stop making lousy farm policy. Right when yep. you come out here and you talk to me, looking at my crop and say, Andrew, you mean to tell me that you are going to harvest hazelnuts one week and plant tulips the next with this crew on 50 hours a week. How's that going to work? i right. I don't know. I can't wait yeah. to find out.
0: But what are you going to do in the you know end of December when there's you know?
1: <laughs> absolutely. To, <laughs> to, to, yeah, to, get, exactly. to
0: touch on the uh, the labor and the overtime issue, which we've talked right. about a lot right. here on this program, and don't have time to explain all of it right now. But right. yeah, right. seeing it in person is an is absolutely a game changer. We're almost out of out of time. We we could right. we could go on for some time. We'll, yeah. we need to have you back to the program. But I I think you're exactly right. Um, I don't think it's just changing the way we communicate. Sometimes it's just communicating, period. Because honestly, um, yeah. my indictment, and I say this as somebody who grew up and considers myself part of the farming community, in the past we have done a terrible job communicating, or more specifically, not communicating with our urban friends and the people who eat and buy our food and fiber right. hardly at all. And that yep. that that's on us, and that's what has to be changed. Not that it's all on us. But, right, but we have to take responsibility for that. We cannot expect. We can't like, like you said, we can't bellyate, Well, you didn't say this, but I'm thinking about people complaining about policy in Olympia, but they don't necessarily want anybody coming around their farm ever. And I understand there are reasons for that. Right. There's liability stuff, all those challenges. Oh, sure. But yep. we have to make that work because we cannot have it both ways. We cannot just go out into the field and farm and have everybody leave us alone and then expect respect and deference when people are making policy decisions um, in Olympia. It it just, we we can't have it both ways. So again, the the event coming up in two weeks, it's called Farm Bloom, Color and Conversation uh, to Bring Together Farmers, neighbors, policymakers, and friends uh, on the topic central to maintaining a vibrant agricultural economy and rural quality of life in Skagit, Whatcom counties, and beyond, western Washington, all over Washington state. Andrew Miller um, with Tulip Valley Farms has been with us putting on this event um, uh, sponsored by the Skagit Farm Bureau. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Appreciate it, and uh, keep up the good work down there.
1: You bet. Thanks, Don.